All right. What's up? What's up? We're back. Dude's doing Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's almost Thanksgiving. Is this the last episode where... No, there's... Yeah, this is the, the last episode before the big holiday. What are you thankful for? Dudes. Pause. I'm thankful for dudes. Movies. Good food. Uh, seeing movies with very punishing people. Hardcore. Hardcore. Akira. Uh, moshing. I'm not thankful for all hardcore. I'm thankful for a good a good bit, but some of it I am I am very unappreciative of. Go away. A lot of it is. We're off to a bad start here. Yeah. I'm thankful for the, the stuff core. I like. I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful for core of reality fanzine. I am also. I'm thankful we for live it down. About, we were just talking about. Yeah, I'm also thankful for live it down. We were just talking about core of reality. Um. I guess that I'll, I'll take an opportunity here to uh, plug real quick. That's a good uh, little transition. So me and the big boss man Carter from Within Records CEO, the man who makes this all possible, um, are doing a new, it's a podcast, I guess, but it has like a video component where um, we're going to look at some fanzines because me and Carter are both uh, big zine appreciators, collectors, lovers, makers. Um, So we're going to look at some of our favorite zines and uh, break down just like, you know, things in the zine because, you know. Hardcore zines are an important time capsule. They're a good sociological lens. Um, I love looking at hardcore sociologically. That's like a thing that is important to me. Regionality was very important back in the day. Yeah. Kids today, uh, they don't know about that. So it's called Where It Went. um, And hopefully uh, it'll encourage some more uh, kids to understand how important zines are and uh, do their own zine. Yeah. I, uh, whenever I see zines on tour, I... Try to pick one up. Yeah. If there is if there is one. I well, feel like there's a huge lack of yeah. zines right now. And people like, bringing them to the shows. Yeah. Well, we don't need to get too into zines. If you want to hear more about zines, check out where it went. Um, it's coming out soon. I don't know how soon, but it might even be out by the time this comes out. To, admittedly, uh, me and Carter are recording the first handful of episodes tomorrow. And um, yeah, they'll be up whenever the fuck Carter wants to put them up. Where it went. Where it went. Um, but today we're here to talk not about zines, but about, uh, revenge, revenge, blue ruin, redneck revenge. It is. Uh, he's not really a redneck. He cleans up pretty good. He's not the redneck. Yeah, oh yeah. Revenge on the rednecks. Uh, um, what'd you watch? Uh, let me consult the old LB here. Um, well, um, I watched, I've been watching some old school anime. To be, I've been watching a lot of animated shit lately, to be honest with you. You watch Vampire Hunter? I watched Vampire Hunter D, yeah. It's um, awesome. Yeah, it was dope. I liked uh, I liked Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust better than Vampire Hunter D. Oh, Vampire Hunter D is mad old school. I think that's from the 80s. Uh, it might be. But Bloodlust is incredible. Um, It's on YouTube for free. I said that last month, but it's still on YouTube for free. If you haven't seen it, just fucking... It's literally... You can watch it on your TV for free. Yeah, it's dope. I watched it on my phone um, at work on my, <laughs> on my lunch break over uh, over the course of two days. Um, and then I started watching... That's I think my new thing is just going to be watching old school anime on my phone at lunch. So that I people like that. at work think I'm a weirdo. I mean, I am, but more so. Um, Set the tone. Uh, but Set the tone. Now I'm watching the uh, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. Yo, so it that, sucks, but it's awesome. No, it's pre- it's dude. The live action movie sucks. Street Fighter Two, the animated movie, is pretty. That's good. the one where they're on the island, right? Uh, or a boat, or something like that. At some point, okay, but it's yeah, not I've like seen that. it doesn't. Take That's not the. Yeah. So Street Fighter Two animated series is honestly the probably the first. So I had this friend named Tyler Ronsky when I was in elementary school. He's like <coughs> you know just like neighborhood friend. And uh, used to go over his house. We would fucking hang out. And he was like the other kid in, in my neighborhood who was into like the same like nerdy shit as I was. We were friends until I started to get into music. He And he didn't care about music. And we kind of just like, you know. L. Yeah. We kinda, Massive L. <laughs> we kind of just like grew apart. But I mean, he was like my first friend who uh, we liked like, you know, video games and fucking like comics and fucking Spider-Man and. Shit like that and anime, but uh, he was the kid who showed me 
that there was anime besides just like DBZ. Because I only knew about like DBZ and like Gundam Wing because I would see him on Toonami. And, uh, you never stayed up to watch Adult Swim? Not really, no. Oh, dude. I, I mean, I, I was did, early I, on I, that. I did later on when I was like a teenager. But I'm talking like, <laughs> I'm talking like I was probably like nine or ten. Okay. I, I grew up in a pretty lawless house, so uh, I was staying up late Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday watching Yu Yu Hakusho uncensored on fucking uh, Adult Swim and. All the other shit that was on there. Yeah, see, I was staying up and, and like... Gundam. Reading random Marvel books. Under, Robotech. Under my covers with the flashlight type beat. That's OS. Yeah. Nowadays... Your, 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 your story's OS too, though. Oh, yeah. But, uh... Kids today, they got these LED lights. They got this... They got the Fortnite and all this bullshit. The V-Bucks. Um, but... <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But, uh... Yeah, so I, um... I went to his house and and he he had this movie on a VHS tape and he played it for me and I was like blown away by it because I couldn't believe that there was other anime besides just the stuff on Toonami that's like what opened my eyes up to that I feel like that's the story for a lot of people our age is that Toonami was the gateway well yeah for sure uh, 100%. I mean, it doesn't exist Ameri- anymore. It, it's the gateway for American kids to get into anime in the 90s and 2000s. Oh, yeah. I wonder, what were the years that Toonami ran, I wonder? They, it ran through the 2000s, but I remember it came back and people were like. But when did it start, though? The 90s. Was it? Yeah. Late um, 90s. But yeah, so. Yeah, it was cool. And then it uh, ignited my love for Street Fighter, which I still to this day. I'm going to turn my mic up a little bit. Oh, that might be too much. I still to this we're we're not professionals here. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. I still to this day uh am a Street Fighter head. And I remember when that movie came out and we watched it, I thought it was so fucking cool. And I wanted to play Street Fighter so fucking bad, but I couldn't at the time because all I had was a Game Boy. And then I got a Game Boy Advance and got they had Street Fighter 2 yeah, for Game Boy Advance. I had that. And that was my first Street Fighter game. That was my first fighting game. I got it on Game Boy Advance. All the kids in my class got it. Uh, I was in fifth grade, I remember, and we had link cables and we would just play. I was playing as Ken. That is bro, OS. Just smoking fools as Ken. Here's an OS story. Uh, my grandmother used to do a flea market and there was a guy there selling, I'd never seen this before. I was literally like eight or nine. There was a guy selling Marvel versus Capcom for the PlayStation Dude. for $10. I asked my grandmother to buy it for me. She was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Got it for me. I got home. Didn't know what this was. I was like, whoa, you can play a Spider-Man? My, it ruined me ever since then. Yeah. I, uh, the first time I ever went to New York City, I went with my dad. I was probably 12 or 13. I had a PS2. Um, went on vacation. My dad uh, wanted to go see Bruce Springsteen play at um, uh, the Meadowlands or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the Giants play. And uh, we went to New York City for a week, just me and my dad. And he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll buy you a gift. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll buy you something. Like, what do you want to buy?" And uh, we went into a video game store. It was the first time I had ever been in a video game store that wasn't GameStop. Or do you remember I, what store? I don't. Rem- I don't. Uh, do you remember when uh, th- there used to be GameStop and also EB Games? Dude, EB Games was awesome. EB Games was old school. And then there was a third old school option. Do you yeah. remember Babbage's? I've seen it, but there wasn't really any in the Northeast. You would either go to like, God, this is so stupid, man. You'd either go to Circuit City, because Best Buy wasn't old here yet. Old school. Uh, EB Games. There wasn't GameStop near me for a long time until they got bought out. And... The other option was Ames. I don't even know what the fuck that is. It's like uh, Green Target. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember I remember the mall by my house when I was a kid had a GameStop, a Babbage's, and an EB Games. And then they all became GameStop eventually. GameStop bought them out. And for a moment, there was three GameStop locations in this mall, which was insane. That's kind of dope. Yeah. You would like go in and be like, you have this game? And they'll be like, no. And they and you'd, they would be like... I can call the other two in the mall and see if they have it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he bought me a copy of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on PS2 because I was playing. I was obsessed with playing Street Fighter. That shit is hard to uh, find. Yeah, now. it's it's an expensive game. That's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but I was playing Street Fighter 2 on Game Boy Advance. Still, years later, probably on a on an S, maybe on an SP at that point. But 
I was obsessed with Street Fighter 2, and I saw the cover of the game, and I was like, whoa, that's Ryu from Street Fighter. Whoa, that's Spider-Man and the Hulk. Venom. fuck. And my dad bought that for me, so, yeah. Um, Who's your character? In MVC2? Yeah. Well, it's teams of three. Uh, now, as an adult, I play, uh, I do Cable. Okay. I do Ryu. Okay. And then my last one, I kind of fluctuate depending on what I'm feeling. Okay. Sometimes Wolverine, sometimes Captain America, sometimes I'll do um, Captain Commando. It's a Capcom character. Yeah. Um, was Doom in? Yeah. Okay. Because I used to do Venom, Doom, and uh, fuck, what's the Ghost Rider character that was in it? Uh, Shadowheart? No. Oh, uh, Blackheart. Blackheart. Yeah. yeah. That's who I, that was my Dope. squad. Dope. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Street Fighter 2 animated movie was my gateway into fighting games it was my gateway into anime it was my gateway into a lot of stuff and i remember just watching it at my uh my friend tyler's house in my neighborhood on vhs and being like this is crazy so i've been re-watching that um that was a crazy tangent that we just went on i'm sure everyone listening was just like finally something other than movies <laughs> finally tales yeah tales <laughs> lore um yeah, and then uh, I uh, I rewatched um, with Jules. We watched both the animated Spider-Man movies. Incredible flicks. You yep. just watched the second one for the first. I'll time. I'll get there. I'll get there. Fucking I'll get prick. there. All right, go ahead. What are you What are you been watching? I'd be watching still to this day. Go watch ahead. the first episode of The Curse. My God, I gotta watch the second. Oh, episode. the Nathan show. Yeah, it's oh. Also, sorry. One more thing I've been watching that I want to uh, throw in there. Me and Julia started watching uh, this show called Silo. Is it's, it good? It's an Apple TV show. Yeah, it's like it's pretty good. It feels like a show that they would play on. Like it almost feels like a CW show, but like not in a bad way though. Okay. Um, it has because like, that's derogatory to some, yeah, but some it, people. It me. feels kind of cheapo, but like in a cool way where it feels like a, you're watching like a B movie sometimes. Okay, I'm down with that. Um, but it, but then like the serious parts. Are, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to explain. The vibe is good though. It, it has like Westworld season one vibes. It's just like it's great that Westworld was a one and done. Yeah, they never did it's any awesome other. That seasons. season one was so good, and then they just wrapped it up after that and never did anything <laughs> else. Um, but yeah, it's like a, it's like a sci-fi that's like there's a conspiracy going on, and you're kind of watching it unfold. It's got common in it. Okay. Okay. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Poetic rap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Awful rap. So. Obviously, watched Blue Ruin. We'll get there. Watched Across the Spider-Verse. I am really bummed I didn't see it in theaters. Dude, I saw it at the Ritz, and it was amazing. I cannot wait for the next movie. Uh, it's the best Spider-Man movie. I agree. It's better than all the live-action spy. It's a better representation of what Spider-Man is than all the live-action Spider-Man movies. It has good storytelling. Yeah. And realistic characters. People don't want to hear anybody say anything... Other than Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are the best. Out of this weird nostalgia. I don't even think Tobey Maguire is the best live action Spider-Man. But I think he's the best Peter Parker. I don't think he's the best Peter Parker. I think he's an incredible Peter Parker. And I think Andrew Garfield was a bad Peter Parker but a good Spider-Man. Yep. And I think Tom Holland does them both really well. That's literally, yeah. So, straight down the middle. Yep. Uh, watched Young Frankenstein. Classical. Igor. The homie Mel Brooks. My God. I don't. As a Jew, I just don't. I don't watch Mel Brooks movies. I understand them. On Hashem, I, I get bro. it. On Hashem. <laughs> Shout out to Hashem. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> watch Blade. Incredible. I can't. We're doing that next year. I've never seen it. We're doing it next year. Uh, spoiler warning. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, watched an American Werewolf in London. Haven't seen it in a couple years. And uh, let me tell you, you got to watch that movie. Maybe. It's made by the guy that did Trading Places, Coming to America. It's Classical a it's a comedies. comedy. It's a comedy. I know it has like disguised as a horror movie. It's uh isn't it the same guy who did the practical effects for the thing? Yep. Dope. The werewolf transformation is insane. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about the movie. And I know that there's a is that the movie where there's a a dick in it on accident? Yep. Those are the only two things I know about that movie. You should watch it. It's on, that the uh, transformation into the werewolf is legendary, and there's a scene in a high school gymnasium where one of the extras whipped his piece out, and, and it didn't get caught, and it made it into the movie. <laughs> He's like in the bleachers. He pulls his dick out. Oh, no. That's not, that's not American Werewolf. That might be uh, 
Teen Wolf. That's in Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. There we go. Uh, you should watch it. It's on Tubi for free. Teen uh, Wolf? No. American I'll watch Werewolf Teen in London. Wolf, I guess. If you really want you, to watch you would, Teen Wolf. You would like American Werewolf in yeah, London. Yeah, I'll watch Teen it's Wolf. It's not a straight really up. Me to. It's not a horror movie. All right. It's a comedy. All right. Maybe I'll consider Teen Wolf. And then I watched maybe top three comedies of the 2000s, Tropic Thunder. I got to rewatch it. It has aged so insanely well. I remember seeing it in theaters and not thinking it was as funny as I hoped it was, but everybody I know loves it so much, and I feel like I should rewatch it. It's so good. Maybe I don't. You will watch it tonight. It's it's so weird because it's just making fun of all the action and comedy movies of that era, which makes it funnier in retrospect looking back on it. So it has aged very well in terms of like what the content is. Yeah. And, like, it's still pretty relevant to, like, how movies are made today and all the nonsense. And the cast is crazy. It's so good. I mean, other than the the main guys are who? Jack Black. Ben RDJ. Stiller and RDJ. Yep. It has, like, Danny McBride in it, too, yep. right? Tom Cruise. Nick Nolte. Oh, damn. That rocks. Yeah. Uh, Jay Burchill. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Good, good line. Shout out Hashem. Hashem has never left this building. Yeah. Let me tell you, he's with me Hashem everywhere is I go. In the room with us right now, bro. <laughs> Yo, what about ZTP trying to tell me that Hashem is not? Uh, is it, it, like I said something about? I made a joke about Hashem, and he was like, "What's that?" I was like, "That's God in Judaism, bro." He's like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "Yes, it is." And he was like, "I'm Jewish, and you're not. You're not going to tell me it's not." I was like, "Brother." And then he looked it up. He's like, "Well, I never heard of that before." To be fair. There's so many different sects of Judaism Mm -hmm. that maybe they didn't talk about God in that regard. Yeah. But at the same time, my Judar doesn't go off when I'm around him. (laughs) So I got to do some digging. I got to call some people and find out what's going on here. Yeah, pull his card. Yeah, exactly. He might be Gentile, bro. I don't think so. I think he's uh, just a good old Catholic. Yeah. Growing up in the church we're in uh, really Delaware. On, we're really on some other <laughs> shit. Um, dude's doing theology. <laughs> All right. We're 20 minutes in. We have not talked about this movie yet. You have anything else you watched that you want to touch on? Or you want to save it for next episode? Uh, just random YouTube shit. Watch the video recapping all the Yakuza games. I'm playing the new one. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so sick. Dope. It's cheap. Wasn't seventy dollars? How much was it? Fifty. That's old school. Yeah, they. That's how you know they respect their fans. They respect the old way. It's fucking dope. Uh, yeah, that chilling. You got it on PS Five? Oh yeah. Uh, we'd like to officially congratulate Carter. Got a PS Five. He did. Uh, it was not paid for with from within money, from my understanding. It might have been. Who gives a fuck? He needs to pass that down to us. We're spreading the good word of From Within. Yeah. Well, our, we both already have PS5s. So. <laughs> well, maybe we both need another one. Nah, that's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, let's, jump into, uh, let's jump into Blue Ruin, bro. What'd you give it? Let me consult. I gave it four stars. I think this movie is something special, and I'll get into why. I gave it three. I think that's fair. I think it's firmly like a good movie. I did not love it as much as... You and, like, some of our other friends. Like, we had friends who, when we told them we were doing Blue Ruin, they were like, yo, fuck. Um, I by no means disliked it. I did not, um, I didn't, like, walk away from it feeling like I wasted my time or I didn't enjoy it. I was thoroughly engaged with it the whole time. Um, I kind of feel like giving it three stars is, like, on, like, a gymnastic scale where, like, it's not really like three out of five. It's like three out of three. Yeah. It's kind of just like, it was great for what it was. What it was is just like a very small scale, like short, low budget. But it was great. You know, it was a yeah. good movie. But what what did, you, what did you get? You said you gave it a four? I gave it four. This movie was crowdfunded. Yeah, that's crazy. This is probably the best crowdfunded movie. And because of that fact, it got picked up by like a lot of publications and that's how I heard of it. And I was like, oh, what's the deal with this? And the guy ended up going to do uh, Green Room, which I'm sure 95% of the people that listen to this have seen Green Room. Yeah. 
I haven't, but I need to. We'll get there. I think we'll do that for the pod eventually. And uh, I think this movie is... uh, I think it's a great deconstruction of a revenge movie. Okay. So the main character, he isn't like... He's not good at anything. Yeah. He's literally a bum. Yeah, he's like a moron. He's not good at getting revenge. No. And I think that's what makes the movie so good. Yeah. Because he... He kind of bungles everything along the way. Yeah, he fumbles the bag constantly. He accidentally kills the guy that you think killed his parents. And like fucks up so bad kidnapping the kid for the family that uh was the target. Yeah. And, you know, that sets the everything in motion for the movie. And I think uh I, I think the movie's shot beautifully. The cinematography is incredible. Yeah. I think uh the color palettes and everything, like if you saw this and you didn't know this was a low budget movie and you didn't know that this was crowdfunded you would think this is like, you know, something that would have been in theaters. Yeah. It doesn't feel low budget. No. It, it, it feels... It, I'm not going to say it doesn't feel low budget. It does kind of feel low budget to me. But it's really makes it more impressive because they were able to get... Both in terms of like, obviously, the budget for the movie and what they worked with. And also like, the runtime and the cast and everything. The cast they, is great. They were able to get... To squeeze so much out of so little, obviously. So, oftentimes I feel like when you talk about low budget, it's like earlier when I said something about a CW show and you're like, oh, that feels derogatory. Like, low budget doesn't have to mean der- be a derogatory thing. And in this instance, it's not. Um, it just feels like, you know, like I said, it feels like they really maximized what they had, you know? Yeah, I feel like the only character that you really get to know is Dwight, which I think is a downside of the movie. His sister is only in it for 10 to 15 minutes, if that. I feel like characters kind of come and go, then they introduce somebody else, and then they move on to the next character. And Dwight kind of, you're just following him, which I guess could be a positive since you don't know anything that he doesn't know. And yeah. you're left in the dark as to what the the big reveal is until the end and like... You know, all this other shit. And uh, I think Dwight, as a character that you can break down, is very fascinating. He uh, He's a fuck-up. And I think that makes it more compelling because it's grounded in reality. If you were going to get revenge on somebody that killed your family, you're not going to be like fucking, you know, uh, Death Wish, where you're like all of a sudden like, a master killer. Yeah, you're John Wick out of nowhere just because someone murked your grandma. Yeah. yeah like, like, you're just... You're not... The average person isn't going to be good at killing somebody. So, it, it makes it feel more grounded in reality and more relatable as to, like... You want to see him get his revenge. And then when you find out the reasoning why, you still feel like the revenge is earned. Rather than it being, like... I don't know, just something that was, like, thrown away. Yeah. I mean, you definitely get invested in, in... You feel bad for him. Yeah, you do. The whole movie. You do feel bad for him. And there are a lot of revenge movies, like you said, where you don't necessarily... Sometimes the revenge doesn't necessarily feel earned. Um, I even, think it does in this movie. It does in this movie, yeah. Even even in like great, great movies like Death Wish or like stuff like that, it's like... That's just like a roller coaster ride type of movie. It's like... It's like, we're just watching this dude smoke motherfuckers. You know what I mean? But like, this one is like, it's a little bit more grounded. It is very grounded It feels reality. more about, it's less about the action. Because there's not really not much action in this movie. It's It almost feels like it's a movie about the the anxiety that comes with knowing what you have to do. Yeah, it's like the psychology of, of, of revenge as opposed to like, the actual murking. I like that. I think it's a great deconstruction of the average revenge movie. And when you when you break it down that way, it makes me appreciate the movie more given all the circumstances around it and the performances in the movie. I think all the, the acting is incredible. Yeah. I think the, the guy that plays Dwight is... He's been in like a bunch of other shit, but he's like... 
it feels like somebody who's been just like this this vagrant who's just been living on the outskirts of society for most of his adult life. Sure. Yeah. And you know he's he's a fuck up. He doesn't know what to do when you first are introduced to him. He's fucking dumpster diving for dinner. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really like it's really about like. It is a revenge story, obviously, but it almost feels like the act of revenge itself and the journey that he goes through to get the revenge is the main character. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, like it does. That's why it feels okay that we don't really get a lot of other character development. And that's why it feels okay that there's not really action. The action and, and like that sort of thing is not really driving the car in this instance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think if this was a, a high action John Wick type movie I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much yeah because that's so run of the mill yeah 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 it's been done a million times and it's like that's the sort of thing where like that's what I mean about this movie really making a low it's budget unique. work yeah it's very they wouldn't unique. have been able to do fucking John Wick type action on a low budget you know they could have but then that would have been the everything else would have suffered because of that yeah you know they might have gotten actors that wouldn't have been as good uh, the cinematography could have suffered. The the dialogue could have suffered. And I think instead what they, they opted for, you know, grounding everything in reality. Yeah. I think the payoff at the end of the movie is earned. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like... So, you, you said Green Room. This is the same guy who did Green Room, right? Yeah. Where, where, where do you put this in? Do you think this is better than Green Room? Worse than Green Room? On par with Green Room? I never... Again, I've never seen Green Room. Obviously, I know about it, but... I like Green Room a lot, but personally, I think I like this more than Green Room. I'll, I'll say right off the bat, Green Room, I've heard of before... This is the first movie we've ever done where we, we kind of go back and forth picking the movies. We just kind of kick ideas around. But usually, even the picks that are your picks, they're movies that I've heard of or familiar with. I had never heard of this movie before. You brought it to my. You to never my heard attention. of Blue Ruin? No, I never even heard of it. I feel like this was like uh, a indie hit when it came out because I saw it when it hit streaming not long after its release, and I was like, "Oh, this is fucking awesome!" I've seen this a couple of times, like yeah, well, I don't know, three like, or four it's times. Easy to rewatch it. Oh, it's straight up less than an hour and a half. Yeah, and it's it goes by quick. The pacing in the movie is incredible. Yeah, I think the pacing is. We talk about a lot of movies that the pacing is fucked up in. This movie is concise and to the point. It doesn't fuck around. You meet the characters that get Dwight onto his next quest. Yeah. And then you keep going until the end. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say the movie being what it is, not having a lot of action, um, not really having character development a lot, etc. If it went any longer, I could see it getting boring and, and I would probably check out. But they knew what they were doing. They knew what they had. They knew to keep it where, you know, to cut it where it belonged to be cut. So, um, in that regard, yeah, the pacing is definitely awesome. The runtime suits this this sort of thing perfectly. And this is pretty different than a lot of the movies we watch for this pod. Whether we're watching, like, Western, sci-fi, action, fantasy, whatever. We sort of watch these, like, we don't really watch a lot of, like, grounded movies for this pod to I mean, be honest with you this is a drama movie yeah this is an indie drama which we never i don't think we've done no and uh i wanted to talk about this movie because i think it deserves a lot more recognition i think this movie is like extremely underrated which maybe it is maybe it isn't uh, who, who am I to say? But that's I just mean, that's, my... That's your thought, yeah. Yeah, that's I just mean, my perspective on it. Because people don't really... People talk about Green Room in a certain light. I'm not taking anything away from Green Room. I think the movie's awesome. But I think... I think this movie is just so... So unique. And I can't think of another movie that is like this. A revenge story that is like... This grounded in reality where... Everything that's happening is... Within the realm of reason. Where every interaction is... Realistic... You know, even the end, everything that happens in the movie is, it's not something where you're like, that would never happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. You really feel for Dwight. It really like, 
I don't want to say there's no character development because that's unfair. Dwight, Dwight he Dwight's gets character a lot. gets a lot of development. Yeah, he's um, still a fuck up, but he gets a lot of development. Yeah, but he gets his redemption at the end. Yeah, he does. He's he he essentially it, it, it. So he gets his revenge right away. Right. This isn't like when I went into the movie, I expected, oh, this is gonna be a movie about like he's gonna go through all this shit and then he's gonna kill the guy and that's gonna be the end of the movie. He kills the guy who he set out to kill, what, like 10 minutes into the movie? Yeah, 15. And, and then it becomes about their the, revenge. the repercussions of that um, and him having to protect his sister and his sister's family because he doesn't want it to fall back. That's his whole thing. It's like every time he interacts with them, he's just like, you know, leave my sister out of it. Or he when he like presses the guy, the guy and he's like, were you coming for me or were you coming for her? You know what I mean? Um so really what he sets out to do is stop these people from being able to kill his sister. Yeah, and her kids. Yeah, so he's like a, a fuck-up, but like he ultimately accomplishes his, his quest. By the he end. does. So, you know. So the, the big reveal in the movie is that Wade that dies is not the killer of Dwight's family. He simply took the fall for Big Wade, the father of the redneck family. And uh, he had cancer, so he wasn't... I don't even know if they say he had cancer. They say he died of, like, an illness, but it's probably cancer. And uh, the reason that he killed Dwight's mother and father is because his wife was cheating on him. Yeah. With Dwight's father. Yeah. And they had a kid who is the only survivor of the movie besides Dwight's sister. Yeah. Well... That kid ends up being Dwight's. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's the only person that survives besides Dwight's sister. Yeah, I kind of thought Dwight dying at the end was pretty predictable. I will say. Yeah, I mean, I could have told you that was going to happen when you read the synopsis of the movie to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean, I, he did what he he accomplished his character's arc. Yeah, he did. He annihilated all of them. Yeah, fuckers. I love the standoff scene at the end. I think that shit was awesome. I think yeah, it's very it's, tense. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, then accidental shooting of one, one of the sisters, and yeah. it's awesome. It's, you know, like, no one's going to pick up an Uzi and then just be like John Wick with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've never shot a gun... Well, the the one guy has to fucking teach him how to shoot the gun. Yeah. You know, the guy comes up and he's like, you missed that fucking this range? He like has to teach him how to shoot the gun, you know. Yeah, and he also tells him, "Don't make any speeches. Just do what you have to yeah, do." Yeah, yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, I do too. And then he makes the speech, and that's what fucks him. Yeah. He, a fuck up. Yeah. I, Dwight's character is awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed the journey of what his revenge was, and it's more relatable. He's like an everyman. Yeah. He's just a bum. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just a fella who lives in his car. What What didn't you like about the movie? So it's not that, it's not that I it's not that there was anything really that I didn't like about the movie. Um The best way I can put it is this. You can hand me a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's still exactly what it is. Yeah, and it can be the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich on earth. But it's still just, you know, it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's yeah. it's minimum it's the bare minimum. It's got minimal ingredients. Even if it's a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it's like the best jelly ever. Great peanut butter. It's toasted. Gifs. Yeah, yeah. It's to yeah, old school shit. <laughs> but like, it's never gonna be a pizza or like a burger. You know what I does that make sense? Yeah. So to me, I gave this, like I said, I'm not giving this three stars out of five. I'm giving this three stars out of three. It fulfilled the it's the best that it could be, given what it is. But just for me personally, it was just like a, you know, like a short, low budget movie. Not a lot of action, not a lot of character development outside of the main character. Just like, you know, a simple, well-done movie. And that's cool. That's awesome. But it, it's never going to stick with me the way a movie that's doing all these crazy things or takes risks or has elaborate action or crazy memorable characters or or is visually spectacular. You know, Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not that I didn't like anything about the movie. It's just like, you know, it is what it is. It's a revenge movie. Yeah. But I think the thing that I like about it is the fact that it 
breaks down what the typical revenge movie is. And instead of it being this, like, all of a sudden you become a superhero type of thing, you're just watching this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. I mean, in the beginning, you get the perfect setup for that when when Dwight stabs Wade in the bathroom. He's, like, waiting in the stall. He has, what, like a fucking pocket knife? Yeah. And he just jams it into his neck, and he's not even dead. He's still trying to fight back with the pocket knife in his neck. And Dwight's, like, freaking out, and he just runs out of there. Well, it's crazy he has to use the pocket knife because he breaks the gun that he stole. Yeah. Um, he got I, a revolver and then fucks it up. I do really like that... There's sort of this arc of him, like... So he gets told the news that his parents' killer is out. And he, like, freaks out. And he just starts acting really irrationally. He gets the... He steals a gun... He gets his fucking car working so that he can go. He follows the fucking guy home from getting out of prison, like whatever. And he's on like 10. He's not really like, he's just being reactionary. And then he kind of gets into this situation and you see this moment of him just being like, what What the fuck? What am I fucking doing? But it's too late at that point. You know what I mean? Um. So I like seeing the like, because that's like sort of how it would happen in real life. I feel like when you get pissed off about something and you're fucking reactionary and then Time starts to pass and you start to be like, I feel like if he would have waited an extra fucking hour, he would just be like, maybe I don't need to do this. You know what I mean? But he put himself in that situation immediately with no thought. It was just strictly reaction. And then the rest of the movie was just him kind of facing the consequences of it. And I liked that that it does kind of examine that because usually like, you know, when you get a revenge movie, the main character gets their revenge and then the movie ends. It doesn't get into fucking... Who's going to come after this guy now or like his, someone's going to try to get their revenge back on his family or anything like that. So I like that this was really more about that than about the actual revenge. And that starts in a really realistic way where he's behaving extremely reactionary. Then he gets himself into the situation and you sort of see this kind of like, holy shit, what the fuck am I doing? But at that point it's too late. He's in the bathroom stall with a knife and he's just sort of like has to do it, you know? He could have walked out of there. Do you know why the movie's called Blue Ruin? I actually do not. Because of his car. It's a blue car. I think it's a blue uh, Camry. Uh, That's all fucked up. Yeah. Blue Ruin. Damn. Cool. Cool name for a movie. It is a cool name. I, I, the other thing I really like is the family, the rednecks, they are also bad killers. They are also very bad at getting their revenge. Yeah, they're all morons. Yeah, they're all rednecks that just don't... They're, they're not hitmen. They're like... Yeah. They're just fucking white trash people that live in the woods. Yeah. And they like... When they show up at the sister's house with like crossbows and shit and they're just missing and... Yeah. You know, they just can't fucking do anything right. Yeah, everyone's incompetent. How'd you feel about the scene when he gets shot with the crossbow and like has to go to the the hospital oh, and he's trying he, to like glue it together yeah when he has to like pry it out with the car door yeah that yeah, was crazy that shit's awesome yeah also realistic but yeah. I wouldn't do that myself no I'd limp my ass to the closest urgent care and say get this out of me please get this shit out of here get this arrow out of me um what was your favorite scene it's hard to not say the standoff at the end because I think it's the culmination of all the tension that has been building up until that moment but I think my favorite scene in the movie is when he kidnaps one of the assailants. And his name is Teddy. And he brings Teddy into, like, the field. Yeah. And he's pointing, like, I think it's, like, the pistol at him or whatever, the it's shotgun. A, it's a rifle. Yeah. yeah. He's pointing the rifle at him. And he's, like, trying to, like, get them to stop going after his sister. And then Teddy fakes the phone call. Dwight walks over. Teddy ambushes him, gets the gun, and then he gets smoked by Ben, who's from like the distance. Yeah, yeah, he gets fucking smoked, and he does the thing that Ben told him not to do: don't make any speeches. So even the villain does the same thing. Yeah, and I think that idiots. I think that is like such a. I don't know. That's such a good like w- way to end the movie. Is that? Ben tells him, don't make the speech. You see the redneck make the speech. That's what gets him killed. Dwight makes the speech at the end of the movie. 
And that gets him killed. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's fucking dope. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's like literal human error. Bro, it's like in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah. When Tuco's in the bath, and the dude's yeah. talking, and he's like, all this time I should have been shooting, aiming with my right arm, I thought of you. And he's just like, you gotta shoot, shoot, don't talk. Grounded in reality. Grounded in the greatest movie ever made, so. There you go. There we go. I think there's a reference to Good, Bad, The Ugly in this. Which is what? I don't remember exactly. I was reading something about it, and I think I forgot to write it down. But I was looking at some odd facts about this movie. Um, it's not... I want to rectify something. It's a Pontiac. Ah, it's not a Camry. A blue Pontiac. The Blue Ruin. What was your favorite scene? My favorite scene was when he's in his sister's house after sending her away, and the dudes first show up with the crossbows. Because um, I feel like... Until that point, there's no real evidence that they're going to come after him. He might just be being paranoid. And that's when you really see what the stakes are. And you see kind of where it's going to go. And that he is now in a position where, all right, man, you did this shit. Now you have to fucking finish the job. You know what I mean? So I I really liked that part. Um, It was a pretty exciting part, too, as well. Yeah, that's probably the most action in the movie. Yeah. and the thing that I really like is that they think him and his sister go to a diner and they're discussing everything. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're going to, you know, talk about it on the news at some point. And then that's when Dwight realizes, oh, they're just going to, yeah, that, they're just going to do this. On that was own. a really cool way for him to realize. It never gets reported. It doesn't get brought yeah, up. Yeah. And he just is like, oh, well, if they haven't called the police about it, they're probably planning on doing some sort of personal revenge. I think that's. Again, another grounded in reality moment. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, this movie is... It, I wouldn't even say it's a slow burn. No, I think it's it, only 90 minutes. It, every I think it's like every 20 to every 10 minutes you get some sort of violence. Yeah. Which is pretty good as far as pacing goes. It doesn't feel wonky. There's a little bit of humor in it. Yeah. You get a little bit of... Comedic relief. He pisses on Big Wade's grave. Yeah, that part was cool. <laughs> uh, Dwight gets shot by his half-brother. Yeah. And he runs into the woods. He's the last last member of the Rednecks. Yeah. And he didn't even want to shoot Dwight. He was just scared that his family was getting killed. Well, he was kind of just like incidentally involved in the whole thing. I mean, even when they were like all... The beginning when you first see him, they're all like celebrating in the fucking bar that the dude is out of fucking prison. And he's just in the limo playing D, playing DS, bro. What do you think he was playing on there? Mario 3DS. He's, I was gonna say he's playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. He seems like an RPG guy, but not like a not like a maybe Final Fantasy three. Not like a real RPG guy. He seems like he was playing some. He was playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Could be that Mario uh, 3DS. Uh, he's playing Re- Mario plus Rabbids. <laughs> Playing Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to say about the movie? I feel like this wasn't necessarily a long episode, but, you know, it's... It's, it's a short it's movie. It's a short movie. And it's pretty straight up. Yeah. If you haven't seen it and we spoiled it for you, just watch it anyways because you'll still get surprised at some things that happen in this movie. I think you'll get... You'll get into the motivations and everything is believable. Uh... I think this was on Tubi for free. It was on F- Tubi and Freebie. Yeah, so this movie's free to watch. Watch it when you eat dinner. It's fucking good. Yo, it's also, awesome. if there's ever any movie on here that we watch and you really want to watch it and follow along, but you don't have the means or the money to, you don't have $3.99 to buy it on Amazon, just hit up Tyler Brezza. He'll cash app every single listener of this show. He confirmed this last night. $3.99. Uh, so that they can rent the movie on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, he said this last night over dinner. He said he wants people to watch movies. Confirmed. So, watch movies. Yeah. Watch Blue Ruin. Yeah. And then next week... Next week we're doing Blade of the Immortal. Haven't seen it. I have no idea what it is. It's, uh, based on a manga. Never heard of it. Directed by Takashi Miike. I'm in. Is it live action? Yeah. Okay. All right. There's some there's some good live action uh, 
anime adaptations. F- they get a bad rap. They're few. Death the Note. Good, the good ones are few and far. All right. All right. Street Fighter. All right. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. All right. Then let's let's wrap this up. I'm this, sure there's a Gundam movie. Saying, there's a live action Gundam movie coming. You know that. That's gonna suck balls. Yeah, it's gonna be awful. You ever think about a live action Mega Man movie coming? I just found out recently. And the Madam Web movie. We, Lord knows oh, we needed that. Hold Can on. we Let's bitch talk about, about this? that for a minute? Yeah, go ahead. My number one gripe with this fucking movie coming out is one, it doesn't need to exist. Two, I'm bummed that I'm probably going to see it because Adam Scott's in it, and I think Adam Scott is fucking awesome. And three, Madam Web cannot exist without Spider Man. You couldn't, you couldn't get me to the theater to see Madam Web with a gun, brother. There's, there's no way. I'm the character it. literally can't exist without Spider Man. That's a, that's such a lame fucking low tier Spider Man villain. The villain is uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but he's like the fake Spider Man that's just trying to kill Peter Parker. Is it Ben Riley? No, I, Ben Riley would be sick because then at least you get Scarlet Spider. Yeah. No, it's not Ben Riley. It's some fucking asshole that, even in the comics, his arc sucks balls. God. This and is gonna be fucked. I guess up. I guess people think that uh, Adam Scott is gonna be Ben Parker. I don't know what the point is. Yeah, this is dumb. Madam I Web. fucking hate when they do... I fucking... Oh, Alright. I hate whenever they try to do some sort of weird-ass like retconning. Like, and I know there are some versions of Spider-Man that do it. Um, like, a, like Ben Parker was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Or like Ben Parker was a secret agent and he actually got killed because of all... It's like, no man. It's, it's predicated on Ben Parker just was at the wrong place at the wrong time and he got killed... Because of this fucking criminal guy that had really for no other reason other than Spider-Man just like neglected to stop this fucking dude. And it's just like a random series of events. And then Spider-Man is like, oh, well, these are the, these are the, you know, the fucking implications and the ramifications of my actions. I got to do the right thing to stop this random chaos from happening. And for, and once you fucking make Uncle Ben like a shield agent who died because of like secretly died because of like a political assassination or whatever the fuck it is, which is I'm pretty sure what they're doing with this movie. That's how it seems. Um it defeats the whole purpose of of what of of Ben Parker's death galvanizing Peter Parker to be a righteous Spider-Man. You can do it with Peter Parker's parents. Yeah. You know? There's shit where there's eras where they work for Oscorp. Yeah. Eras where they work for Shield. You know, like, you could do that. Ben Parker is just supposed to be the character that sets everything into motion. He's simply just a regular fella. Like, like With you great and I. power comes great responsibility. Yeah, he's a regular old fella like you and I. With the Sony movies comes great big shit. That's <laughs> facts. Dude, uh, I, I didn't talk, talk to you about this, but I don't know if you saw this. There was a leak for Spider-Man 4, and it's going to be tying all the Sony universe together. So Venom, Craven, Morbius, Madam Web, Daredevil might be in it, and it's supposed to tie everything together. Okay, see, still pointless. That makes those Sony movies less pointless, though. Yeah, but Madam Web still can't exist without. Madam Web is also just a lame villain. They, we don't need to see Madam Web. She's but, not even really a villain. She's just a lame character in general. But I'm saying that's that. At least that makes it so that Craven and and Morbius and Venom. Existing in these movies serves a purpose because they're Spider-Man villains. These are their stories. Now they get folded in as Spider-Man villains. That's fine. If that, because if that didn't exist as Spider-Man Four, then those movies are really just floating out here in the ether for no reason whatsoever. You know what's fucked up is I think uh, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock is awesome. The Venom movies aren't good. Yeah, they're crap. Uh, I haven't seen the second one, but like. The issue with the Venom movies is Venom can't exist without Spider-Man because yes. the symbiote doesn't get... The symbiote wants revenge, essentially, yeah, for yeah, Spider-Man yeah. denying him. Yeah. And then now, like, Venom's it's moronic, goofy. Bro. It's fucking moronic. Venom's always been kind of... I mean, when Venom first shows up, he's fucking quoting Singing in the Rain yeah. at Spider-Man. Like, he's been a goofy character, but, like, I'm not mad about that. I'm just mad at the fact that Venom straight up cannot exist without Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, none of these characters should exist without Spider-Man. They're Morbius, Spider-Man villains. Morbius can be its own thing. Morbius he, sucks. he teams up with Blade. Morbius fucking sucks. In the comics, he's fine. No, but he's like Morbius written out. Sucks. He's only, written out now. He doesn't have anything. Reason, the only reason that people our age like Morbius is because there was like a 
20 episode long arc in the Spider-Man animated series that came out when we were kids. That's his best arc. That make Morbius seem like a more important character than he is. Morbius as an actual character is lame. He's a throwaway villain. He sucks. Fuck Morbius. Fuck Jared Leto. Fuck oh, Sony. The movie's awesome. Have you seen it? No. Dude, it's so funny. I'm, I'm, you couldn't get me to see that one with a gun either, bro. I... If this is what Spider-Man 4 is doing, I think I might be out on the Spider-Man movies. I don't really know if I... I care to see them bring these characters in because then it undoes everything that happens in No Way Home. Like everything that happened in No Way Home just gets undone because now it's like, oh, Peter has adversaries again. And it's like, nobody knows who Spider-Man is. Yeah, well, they're not nece- they don't necessarily have to be Peter adversaries. They might just be Spider-Man Venom has to be a Peter adversary. Well, he can become a, a Peter adversary eventually. <sighs> I have no hope anymore. We'll see. I have no hope either, except for Fantastic Four. Oscar Isaac. You mean... uh, as No, Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah, Pedro Pascal. I'm sure Oscar Isaac is going to be something. He was fucking Apocalypse in the X-Men movie. He'll come back. Yeah. All right, well, enough rambling out of us. Yeah. Go watch Blue Ruin. Watch Blue Ruin. It was good. Watch Morbius. Don't do that. Watch the live action Street Fire. All right. Watch the live action Dead or Alive. I'm cutting this psycho off before. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in. As always, follow us on Instagram. Send us emails. Dudes doing movies on Instagram. Dudes doing movies at gmail.com. Follow from within our gracious uh, sponsor. Yeah. He'll give you guys, he's doing a PS5 giveaway at the end of the year. So. Yeah, he is giving away his personal PS5. <laughs> Go follow the From Within Records Instagram. And uh, if you comment Every- on his most recent post, uh, from within PS5 giveaway, he will put you in the raffle. Hashtag, for that. hashtag from within. It's not even a raffle. If you comment, Hashtag from within PS5 giveaway on his most recent post. He will give you a PS5. He told us that. Yeah. All right. Cool. See Blade ya. of the Immortal. Yep. Blade of the Immortal. See you next week. Bye. Bye.